Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Pastor Adrian's happy. It's just because he's not speaking for the third week in a row. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I've been away and I've listened to Pastor Adrian's messages the last couple of weeks. And if you were away for any of that uh, and haven't been around, I strongly encourage you to have a listen to him. Just fantastic. Fantastic messages, and uh, we'll refer to them shortly. Uh, it's great to be here with everyone, and um, we're all brothers and sisters here, aren't we? It's a it's a family reunion when we get together, I reckon. And uh, I get excited about family reunions with my family because uh, we don't see each other much, and uh, we are we're we're heirs of God, and we're joint heirs with Jesus. We've got the same DNA. Our DNA is similar in. In Christ, and uh, it's, what a great thing to get together! What a great thing! And uh, I add my welcome to everyone today. Um, the world's pretty crazy place, isn't it? I'll just give a little story of um, some craziness in the world. Um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, a man purchased a case of very rare, very expensive cigars—twenty-four cigars. And he insured them against fire, (laughs) among other things. Within one month, having smoked his entire stockpile of cigars and without having even made his first payment on his insurance, the man filed a claim against the insurance company. In his claim, the man stated the cigars were lost in a series of small fires. The insurance company refused to pay, citing the obvious reason that the man had consumed the cigars, cigars, why am I saying cigars, in a normal fashion. The man sued. It's America. He won. In delivering the ruling, the judge agreed that the claim was frivolous, stated nevertheless that the man had a policy from the company in which it had warranted that the cigars were insurable and also guaranteed that it would insure against fire without defining what it considered to be unacceptable fire and was obligated to pay the claim. Do you want me to read all that again? No, I won't. (laughs) Rather than endure a lengthy and costly appeal process, the insurance company accepted the ruling and paid the man $15,000 for the rare cigars he'd lost in the fire. Fires. A series of small fires. He had rotten luck with with fires, didn't he? Okay. After the man cashed the cheque, however, the company had him arrested on 24 counts of arson. (laughs) With his own insurance claim and testimony from the previous case being used against him, the man was convicted of intentionally burning his insured property and sentenced to 24 months in jail and a $24,000 fine. It's a crazy world, isn't it? And, uh, you know, 
we're in this world and we've got to make sense of it or we try to make sense of it, don't we? And it doesn't always make a lot of sense. So good we can come to the Word of God to make sense of things and to see things how they really are. Uh, I'd love to recap a little very briefly on some of the recent messages. I won't go back to the McCrackens because that was four messages about a month ago, but haven't we been blessed? Pastor Steve was talking about... Um, three weeks ago, getting out of the pots. You know, we've been in a pot where we've started our life. We've got to get out of the pot where we were planted and get into proper soil where we can grow and be, uh, and be planted and not potted in the house of God. Fantastic. Pastor Adrian last week talked about our generational God and there's a place for us, a place for our children our children's children, and a purpose for us. Fantastic truths. Two weeks ago, Pastor Adrian spoke about who's hungry. You know, who's hungry for Christ's freedom, the freedom that he gives. He talked about having a swing vote. There was a state election overnight. And, uh, you know, obviously government changes when people swing their vote. And the opportunity is what with us all the time to place our vote, to to vote this way or that and and in the things of God, do we follow after him or do we go another way uh, or turn away? The opportunity is to get stronger and stronger with every right decision. It was an awesome word. And then someone uh, chimed in with a, with a picture, Lily, of the courtroom where there's, you're the defendant, uh, you've... You've lost your cigars in a... F- no, uh, you're the defendant and, and, we c- and there's a defender standing with us on our behalf and there's a prosecutor on the other side. Why would we, not sta- why would we stand anywhere but with the defendant and uh, with the defender and uh, stand alongside, not go to the prosecutor, not listen to the lies of the devil, not, lis- not listen to the destructive one but to the one who loves us and is on our side, is powerful and cares for us. What a, what a great uh, smorgasbord of, of messages we've had and uh, it's, it's been wonderful. Um, I've, I've been away uh, a c- couple of weeks and um, been travelling and uh, a couple of principles came out. Uh, just things, funny how things come to you when you you know, in everyday life. And we were travelling and two principles that relate to making those right choices that Pastor Adrian talked about. Um, I was away with two of my daughters uh, in the car. We had a long trip, six hours, and um, they drove the whole trip. It was fantastic. It was really good. It was really good. Uh, but we had one, one scenario where we came across a, a bus, a small bus and a car with it and the car was really close behind it and it was not a very big area to overtake and stuff, but we, we got around them um, and uh, we came to the next town and we used to live in the next town, so we did a quick, rather than take the bypass, we took a quick little detour into the town, had a look at our old house and so forth. Get back on the road, there's the bus and the car again. <laughs> and uh, so we have to do the manoeuvre again. And uh, then a little... You know, a couple of hours later, we stopped for a convenience break just for a couple of minutes. Uh, we get back on the road. There they are again. <laughs> and we followed them all the way into Mildura from back car walk where it was all traffic. And, yeah, so uh, 
Um, so the, the, the message, and I think in the choices, is keep moving. Keep moving. Stopping kills. Keep moving. And uh, kills time. Uh, yeah, and uh, we have choices, but just to keep moving forward. And for, for some of us, we don't know, we don't think we're moving forward that quickly. Well, is, is it forward momentum or isn't it? If it's forward momentum, it's going to be good. It's doing something good. Uh, so that's something for us. It's not a new concept. You've probably heard of the hare and the tortoise, haven't you? You know, <laughs> that story. Uh, and the other thing um, is that a straight line is the shortest distance between two points. And uh, I had to go on a train on Friday. My wife Janine, she had a surgery in Melbourne. She's home now. But I had to get down to Melbourne to meet her and fly back with her. And uh, I decided to take the train because it was, at short notice, it was 14 times cheaper than the plane. <laughs> Oh, ouch. <laughs> Had to fly back though, but that's all right. So, uh, uh, and it was, oh, and to, to meet the time frame, I had to catch the 4 o'clock, 4 a.m. bus from Mildura. Anyone done that? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Traffic was horrific. Uh, 4 a.m., you get on the train at Swan Hill. It was, it was really great. And being curious, I'm travelling along and I'm thinking, how does this trip only take seven hours all up? We're in the car, you know, it'll be six and, um, you know, there's a 20-minute stop there and we're stopping all the time. So I got out my little GPS app on my phone to see what speed the train was doing and it was doing between sort of 90 k's an hour. Um, the other side of Bendigo where the track's better, it got up to about 116 but nothing startling. It was mostly about 90 k's an hour and I'm thinking if I did that in the car that would take forever to get to Melbourne wouldn't it? But what I, I worked out is that the road winds around, the train goes straight or has a very slight curve. You know the railway crossings are there for the car, you know, you cross a railway line about three times on some roads, don't you? It's a straight line. And, uh, you know, grace is great when we step off the straight line. God is faithful to us and he'll look after us, he'll forgive us and all of that. But a straight line is the quick way, it's the best way to go. So just a couple of, couple of thoughts there. Um, so in life, I've got a couple of questions for us this morning. You look like a bright bunch. No, no, it's a couple of challenging questions, actually. And we're going to get some help from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in the NIV. Um, and the church in, in Corinth, uh, as there's always a story with the, the churches that Paul would have to write to and so forth. And these... Corinth was no different. They had all sorts of troubles. They had division in the church. There was fighting. Um, I imagine when Paul's letters come to a lot of places, they'd be eagerly looking to open it. But in Corinth, they're probably saying, oops, wonder, <laughs> wonder if we're going to get a bit of a slap here. And, and they did. They, they surely did. Paul had to address a lot of things. He even had to address his own legitimacy as a leader. And, uh, you know, if you're a leader that's it's it loses power when people aren't following or aren't 
you know, aren't with you, does, doesn't it? It's, there's, there's a weakening of, of the power, of the influence, of your effectiveness. And uh, we should know as followers too that we need to get behind our leaders. And because uh, Jesus said to, we don't have to agree with everything they do, but let God take care of that. And, um, you know, there, it, was, it was a difficult thing. So question number one of, the, of my two questions this morning and it's about life and about circumstances. And the question is, do I respond to circumstances and what they are or to the Holy Spirit who's living within me? Another thing came across recently was I uh, saw a very successful um, investment man. Uh, he spoke here in Mildura and uh, went and along and heard him. He had a, a home loan company that he set up from scratch and his plan was to do $500 million worth of loans in three years. Uh, when he sold it in three years, he was doing $800 million a month. So very successful guy in, in, that, in that, those terms. Um, and he was talking about the downturn that is happening at the moment, like interest rates, da da da, and inevitably there was, you know, some things soften, some things don't go as well. And he started talking about what the successful people do in that situation. And uh, he started to say, well, with their assets, they start selling down some assets and converting them into cash. And I thought, yes, exactly. So they can pay their bills when things are hard. No, he was several steps ahead of that. He's saying you're selling down to get the cash so that on the upswing, when the opportunities are there and things are on the way up, you're in there buying cheap and getting real value. So it was a, I was nowhere near on the same page as him. <laughs> He's thinking two steps ahead. And, um, and God is steps ahead uh, of, of where we are. And I had four P words that came to me about how we see what's ahead rather than just the circumstances. They were prophetic, prompting, promise and pay attention. Prophetic, you know, God's giving us glimpses into the future through prophetic, through something he may give you through a prophetic ministry. It's, it's gold. It's wonderful. Wonderful to get a glimpse and, and super encouraging. God's promises in his word. There's, there's something for our future when the circumstances don't quite marry in and match up. Okay. Um, the promise, his promise. Oh, I said that, didn't I? Prompting. Prompting of the Holy Spirit. And pay attention. Hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice. Uh, you know, it's, Pastor Steve says it's no good when we're not hearing God's voice. And, and he's right. You know, there's, they say there's three types of people, aren't they? There's the people who, who make things happen, uh, the people who get involved as things happen, and the people who say, what just happened? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, if we're lazy Christians, we, we're in that category. What's, what's going on? What just happened? Are we tapping into God? Are we tapping into the source who says... This is where I want you to do. Trust me. Trust me. I, I won't let you down. And he won't. Uh, there's a scripture that says with the head, not the tail, doesn't it? And just on, you know, 
the wonderful Holy Spirit who has been evident and working this morning. Just wonderful worship today, guys. Uh, Jesus, he laid down his life. He laid down his deity, didn't he, when he came to earth and he relied on the Holy Spirit. He became man and relied on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing Jesus did. And uh, he did it to show us, I'm sure. He did it to show us that he could be fully man and still accomplish incredible things because of the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he said, greater things we're going to do. We'll do greater things. Wow. Um, and just the word anointing, I say I'm a lot when I listen back to what I speak. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's an R, that's different to um. <laughs> the anointing, we, we might associate the anointing, someone said, with a dab, with a bit of like we do have some anointing oil here that we use and it's effective and it's, it's symbolic and it does, it's, it's a great thing to do. But the words, the original words for anointing are not a dab. It means absolutely poured out. The Greek word for anointing means to rub or smear thoroughly. Yeah, all over. The Hebrew word is to pour, you know. When those kings were anointed, you know, Saul got anointed by Samuel. Uh, it wasn't just a dab, it was... We're going to throw a whole bucket of, oil, bucket of oil on you here so you're totally immersed and totally covered. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do and have power for in our lives. It's really good. It's really good. Greater things. Um, yeah, more, more and more. Out of the pots into the soil, Pastor Steve's saying. That's more anointing of the Holy Spirit, allowing him a greater role, a greater place in our life. So to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Has it been sitting there for a while? <laughs> this is Paul speaking and he says this. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Remember the question is, do I respond to circumstances or to the Holy Spirit within me? We have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not of us. So Paul's given a picture you know, of a clay jar and that's us. We were born from dust, weren't we, from the ground. That's where we came from. We're, we're the vessel and inside is the good stuff. Inside is Jesus. Inside is the Holy Spirit working and, uh, and playing that role there. Uh, and it was customary for these people back in these days to ha hide their valuable stuff in jars of clay. It was, it was customary. Uh, they're pretty innocuous, maybe ugly in some cases, not very important looking. You put your good stuff in there. That's, that's what they did. They were designed for it. Clay is a great holder. Do you know that? Clay is a terrific holder. There's waterproof there. If we went and analysed the soil of these levee banks around here, I bet there's a high component of clay in them because it'll absorb and it'll hold. It'll hold. You want to grow a really good crop of wheat? 
you get some soil that's got clay in it, get plenty of rain, it'll go in there, it'll absorb that water and then it'll release it when the, when the plant needs it and you get great crops, 20 bag crops. So, so clay, it's a terrific thing. Doesn't have to be pretty. We don't have to be too pretty for God to live in us and for us to be effective. Uh, it didn't attract, the clay pot didn't attract attention when someone was snooping around to get the valuables. So question is, but the vest, but it does, that's not a question, but, the, but it does change by what the contents are. And we change if we've got Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit working in us. We're going to change. We're going to change. And are we looking after the contents of that, that jar? Are we looking after the contents that we have? Are we even aware every day that we've got him inside us? looking to live and outwork out in our lives. Are we even aware each day that, that, that he's there that we, and that we need him in all those things? So bear in mind that question. It was, do I, go, do I respond to the circumstances or to the Holy Spirit who's in me? Question two. And this question says, am I in relationship now before the circumstances... Or do I have to reconnect when things are tough? Okay, so when circumstances get difficult, are we uh, ready to go because we're in close relationship with him? Or we've let that lapse and we've got a bit lazy, got a bit away and, and the circumstance hits and we've got to start building a bridge back to Jesus. We don't have to build too big a bridge. He's right there waiting, but... There's a, there is a better way. Pastor Steve talked about risking trauma and he talked about starting with an irritation, then an inflammation, then an infection that becomes infirmity, an illness, and finally becomes an identity. That's who we are. It's no good to be anywhere along that pattern. Anywhere on that scale, it's not good to be anywhere. We don't need those things to build up and become great and allow those things into our lives. And, uh, you know, grace will, be, will play a massive part, but sometimes God lets us, you know, come back from a distance. Just do it, if by the way. <laughs> Just do it. But, uh, you know, um, is, is our relationship with him all along the way or is it only we cry out when things get tough? And I've mentioned Pastor Steve talks about the disconnect of not hearing God's voice. Oh, I want to have as much voice and know what's going on as I can. If we have the relationship now, if we maintain and keep up that relationship, our perspective will be there straight away when the trials come, the right perspective, a right view of it. And the other thing is our world needs to see our reaction to circumstances. We're jumping back from verse 7 to verse 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers 
so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That, that makes sense because, as a friend of mine once used to say, um, why would not people flock to Christianity when it is positive, it's, it's value, it's moral, it's about building people up? Why would not people flock to it? Well, simple there, the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There's something for us to pray about, is to pray that those, that blindness would go. Those minds would become clear and more and more people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus and to walk in a relationship with him. Verse 5, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The context of that, the very last verses of chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, um, it's talking about we, uh, Moses went up to the mountain and his face shone when he came down and the people were, they were scared. He'd, he'd been with God and his face shone. So we have to put, put a veil over his face uh, because that gradually faded away and it, it probably... The shining was, would have been awesome, but the fading, you know, just a little bit, you know, you turn on a light and there's no, ugh, there's no illumination much. Um, so he had to put a veil on his face while that all went away. But chapter 3 says, we, with unveiled faces, are going into increasing glory as we walk with Jesus. Our, our faces are shining more and more and more as we walk with him. So that's the, that's the context of that there. Um, got, let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts. His light shines in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. Verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Hang on, there's been a change here. We, we're now earthen vessels with the Holy Spirit in us. Why hasn't why that stuff gone away? <laughs> but the change is most certainly internal, most certainly internal. But the outside may not be immediate. But there's got to be hope for it. There's got to be a trust in it. And uh, we need a theology for both. We need a theology of out and out faith. And we need a theology that says, okay, that hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting on God. I'm going to keep waiting. That's going to happen. Or it's going to happen different to how I thought it would happen. And it's, it's still good. We need a theology for both. Because God is sovereign, he's good. It's an attitude shift uh, to not fall over at the first sign of trouble, as some people do. The theology is God is good. He's living in us, through us, through the temporary trial and has power to change. Be on the lookout. God is so powerful and every time there's a call for prayer for something that's, that's involving us, we should be... All in, 
all in. And if it hasn't happened yet, we wait for it. We wait patiently and in anticipation. Uh, yes. And ultimately the theology in all of that, the persecution, all of that, how does God view that situation? That's what our theology needs to be. What's God saying about what's going on there? What are you saying in this, God? What are you saying? What do you want me to learn? What, am I, what do I need to see? Is that okay? I, I do I, faith, 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 because we'd be crazy not to live by faith and to, uh, to say, oh, well, your power, God, well, uh, no, no thanks, not today. No, we want to experience God's power. We want to rejoice as healings happen and we want, and ours is coming as well. Ours is coming. Verse 10. We always carry around in our body, I'll just say what the question is again. <laughs> question two, am I in relationship now before the circumstances or do I have to reconnect when things are tough? Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death. That sounds tough. That sounds tough. Being given over to death. Well, Jesus said to die daily. Luke 9, 23, take up your cross uh, to die to ourselves so that he can take over and he can live and be the, be the leader in our life. Uh, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Beautiful. His life may be revealed in our mortal body. He does care about... Uh, uh, when we're perplexed and uh, and all those things, he does care about being persecuted and struck down. He does care. Life may also be revealed. His life in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Life is at work. Life is at work. You know that if we go back to the jar, are you picturing a jar, a clay pot? might be a big pot plant or something you're growing, uh, growing some basil in it outside or I don't know what you're picturing for that, that uh, jar. But a jar is frail, fragile. You drop it from a great height, there's going to be a problem. Weakness leaves room for God's divine power. We're pushing towards the end here, folks. Uh, verse 13, I'm going to finish just reading some of these verses at the end of the chapter. They are fantastic, great promises. It is written, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. So, so good. Same spirit, same spirit. He's in us and he's going to raise us up. How's that for perspective for our life? How's that for perspective for what's going to happen on Monday this week, Monday the 27th, when there's this happening, that happening? Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to face that? We've got perspective that goes a long way beyond that. Life is nuts. It's not working out. Jesus is coming again and he says he's coming quickly. He's going to come and uh, everything else, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, we've got him. We've got him. 
Verse 15, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people, haha, some of those people are waking up, their minds are being woken up uh, from the, the devil's clutches, from his deception, from his blindness, that grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Are we thankful every day for our salvation? I was the day I got saved. I was, it was the best day of my life. But am I thankful every day for it? Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. The old clay pot won't last forever. They do last a long time. I, I, was, I was in uh, Hong Kong and China and we saw some of those terracotta warriors and they were, they were very old. So that doesn't work out for my argument there. So... <laughs> Now, anyway, eventually they'd been well preserved. They were hit. They'd been. They were, it was a discovery, and they they'd been well preserved. Let's let's say that we're out there in the sun. We're out there living it, aren't we? <laughs> we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And we're being renewed day by day because there's treasure in the pot. There's treasure in the pot, protected, pure and resistant to heat and whatever that's going on outside. Last two verses. For our light and momentary troubles, who is good, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. They mightn't seem light when we're facing them, but that Paul considers our troubles. He had a few as well. They're light and momentary. Light and momentary. Say that to your troubles. Say that to, to what's concerning you. Say that to what is bang hitting you hard. This is light and momentary. And it's there for a reason because it's achieving eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Wow. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Would you like to stand? Thank you, Father. And... um, yeah, the opportunities for us to respond today to those questions. Do I respond to the circumstances or to the Holy Spirit who is within me? Is there an adjustment that needs to be made in your life, in my life? I know I, I do. And question two, am I, am I in relationship now and before the circumstances or do I have to reconnect when things are tough? when things are tough. Just want to read, uh, this struck me solid, a song called uh, Raise a Hallelujah. (laughs) Just some words from from that. It's a beautiful song. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. Praise is as a mighty thing. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. 
I raise a hallelujah, heaven comes to fight for me. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I will watch the darkness flee in the middle of the mystery. Fear, you lost your hold on me. Father, we just want to thank you that you're with us. And why would you choose to live in us? We, we cannot comprehend that, but we love it. And we invite you to do outworking from, what, from where you are inside of us, where you are in us, and our, that you would be not on the periphery, even on the inside, but you'd be at the innermost core of us, connecting with who we are, created by you, our spirit, you, Holy Spirit. Lord, do your work. Lord, prompt us where we need to step and change and allow us to just... Rest in the fact that you are in us, you are with us, and you are for us. We thank you, you are such a good God, and you're the name above every name, Jesus. We thank you, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times, or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.